seconds to go. Jaron dribbles into the front court, drives to the bucket, his shot, no good, put back up and in by Trayvon Scott. Cincinnati by one, Rose from half court, his yeah! shot is no good. John... The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg, it is on its way, it is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship. Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Pearl. Looking for a block, and he got it up on the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skipper! Called his own number and streaks for 23 for a touchdown for Cincinnati. Welcome back. It is Pardon the Punctuation. This is Aaron Smith. We got Ed Mayhall, Jeff Howell, and special guest joining us tonight is none other than the Bearcats football, Ethan Tucky. Ethan, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Thank you for having me. I'm really, uh, really happy to be here. Not a problem at all. You can find Ethan Tucky at Ethan mm-hmm. underscore Tucky, uh, just the way it sounds. So i got to ask the question, just to start off right out of the gate, how close were your parents to naming you Ken? <laughs> um, if I had a nickel for every time someone said that joke, I, I knew that it was would be uh, – <laughs> yeah, no, I'm up. No, the, yeah, no, the amount of times, especially when I was being recruited by Kentucky when I was back in high school, <laughs> you would be – it's sickening the amount of like DMs are like, oh, like, oh, it's, it's, it's in his name, you should come here. But, yeah, no, I'm uh, – I haven't been asked enough, I would say that. Well, hopefully those nickels start coming for you soon as you are preparing for the <laughs> NFL draft. So what has things been like since since the season ended, and what's pretty much a, a day in your life like right now as you prepare for this NFL draft? Um, it's pretty. It was pretty hectic right after the Peach Bowl, honestly, because I was still trying to figure out agency-wise, the place to train, and what location I was going to be in Tennessee or this or that. And I ended up uh, signing with First Down Sports. And since then, it's just been uh, training. I mean, I was down in um, uh, Dallas for the uh, CGS, the College Grand Iron Showcase. I was there for three days. And then I was in uh, actually Hawaii for the uh, Hula Bowl. I think that was two weeks ago or a week and a half ago for kind of a senior showcase but then besides that i mean it's a lot of dieting um just kind of playbook study uh, watching film and uh, working out and a lot of working out actually it's probably about uh, it's, uh, about seven to nine nine thirty ish i'm uh, at black sheep which is a performance center here in cincinnati and then it's all eating right then doing homework in the afternoon followed by another workout and then at later in the day, um, I'll film study and all that. And so, I mean, it's, it's a long day. I mean, it's not the most exciting life, but if I need to do that, give myself the best chance. And, and uh, so, it's, I mean, it's, it's good problems to have, but it, it's, it's, it's worth it, though. It's going to pay off. So what has the thought process been as far as what role you're looking to take on with the NFL? I mean, obviously, we saw you as a defensive specialist, especially as one who blocks kicks. Uh, but then all of a sudden this whole long snapping thing comes to, to just a, a common fan. Not, I mean, kind of out of nowhere. So is that something that you had been working with at Cincinnati? Where, where's this kind of coming from? Um, it's actually just coming from adding more versatility to getting picked up by a team where it's like, well, I can play outside linebacker. If needed, I can do like 
have my hand in the ground. I can play special teams, but then it's like, what else can separate me from any other defensive specialist guy is I can learn how to long snap. And so since January, I've been doing stuff every single day, talking with coaches at Ohio, Ohio Wesley University, which is a D3 school in my hometown of Delaware, Ohio, and working with those coaches and just learning how to long snap. And I mean, I've been doing it for about, a, about five or six weeks now, and I'm getting pretty good at it. But it's like, what is going to give me an edge over everyone else? And if I can do linebacker, DN, specialist, and then also long snapper, I mean, I can save two roster spots right there with all that. And so that's that's the goal with it is what is my like, my product as a player? What can I offer that others can't? And that is where we're at with that. So is the long snapping thing totally new? Like you didn't mess around with uh, doing that at all when you were in high school or anything like that? <laughs> I'm as new as you can be with it, but I will say it's uh, it's not as hard as I thought. I say, I mean, it's I mean, it's it definitely it's more difficult than looking at it going. Oh, you just snap a ball. Like I have a lot of respect for snappers because it's it's an art form. It's like I have a golf swing. You can watch someone swing a golf club, and you go, I can do that. But it takes like those repetitions over and over and over. But uh, so I, I still can't swing a golf club. I'm, I'm just now learning how to snap. But uh, it's uh, it, it's it's good though, and I think that something that can really, if I really put time into it, where even if say playing linebacker doesn't work out, then I'll just be a snapper. And so, but then the snapper thing is just more of an added thing in my back pocket. And I can still play like defense and all that. Then great. Like it's just, there's no harm to learning it. If anything, only helps me out. Absolutely. So, as you brought up the Peach Bowl, that was the last time we got to see the team in action. Take us to what it was like being there on the sidelines, being there on the field, the atmosphere that was going on at the Peach Bowl, what it was like watching probably the most swag I've ever seen in a field goal kicker go out and just nail a 54-yarder at the clock expiration. Um, but to know that you had Georgia on the ropes, what was it like being down there and, and what that what was that whole experience like? <laughs> um. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's good just to, it kind of keeps me going. I mean, the way I look at it is it's the punch in the face I needed to keep training for the draft coming up here because, like, it would have been very easy to get comfortable with myself and then my thoughts and how my career went if it ended out on this perfect note, this huge, like, 10 and 0. I mean, obviously, it's what we wanted, but it didn't go the way. I mean, it was, it was a fun experience overall. I mean, with COVID, uh, some of the events were limited, but like the hotels we were staying at and like, the people we met and all that kind of went my bed. But uh, like, the people we met, it was a lot of fun. And then like the, it was one of the first times I ever walked into a stadium and kind of was starstruck for a second because it is nice. And there is, it might be the nicest stadium I've ever seen in my life. And I couldn't even imagine if it was full capacity, what that place would have been like. Because yeah. it was already loud. I mean, it was like probably one third capacity or whatnot. But it was it was quite the experience in terms of just. I don't know if it actually hit me until after the game or like the day of the game how big of an event it was in terms of like you see history. They've only gone to I think two New Year's Six Bowls or like whatever, whatever long it's been. And it's like we could actually make history today. Like, and I actually like we'd be a part of something huge for the rest of my like our, my life and UC football's history too. But, but I mean, it's, it definitely was heartbreaking a little bit. I mean, not a little bit, a lot. Losing in the last minute of the game. And, I mean, 
But what I would take away from myself is I couldn't have done anything differently. And I think there's a lot of seniors and a lot of guys out there where it's like, uh, even if they like, said we won and I left something out there, like held something back, I would, I would have hated that feeling. But the fact that I can walk off the field going, I did everything that I could. And there was every guy out there. We did everything that we could. And you know what? We were the better team in that game and we should have won, but it didn't happen. And so it's one, I mean, I'm tired of people all like, is after the game. It's like, oh, you guys hung in there with Georgia. It's like, no, we're the better team than Georgia. Yeah. And I'm, that really made me upset kind of like afterwards or even before. It's like, oh, like you guys are so lucky to be in the situation. And it's like for the Bearcats in the future, it's like, no, you guys deserve to be there. We're better than a, a vast majority of Power 5 teams. And that is who UC is. And I mean, the media is a little slow to catch up on that. But if you're a fan of UC football, like the, the culture and the guys there, a power six bowl game for UC shouldn't be a surprise for anyone in the future. And if I had to help break that stigma of showing the world that UC is a is a the playoff caliber team, a New Year's six team, and this is the last little bit we needed to push us over, then great. And I'm happy I could have helped do, done that because there'll be a lot of guys coming after me who can finish the job that we've started. Man, I sure. love that energy. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so. Then, you know, kind of you, you also were talking a little bit about that whole 10 and 0 season. It was a roller coaster of a season to go through a, a pandemic, which who saw that coming? I mean, that was absolutely insane. And all the COVID testing and everything. What was the whole season really like with this being your senior year? Obviously, you know, with it being a pandemic, no fans in the stands. It's not necessarily the way that you had drawn it up for this being, you know, the last ride. But, you know, it, it was quite a story that unfolded for the Bearcat team. So kind of just a, a you know, 40,000-foot view of what it was like with Coach Fickle and, and, like, the COVID and the whole season in general. Well, in all honesty, it kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like just being transparent. Cause I mean, like, a lot of the aspects of, like, what you enjoyed about it. Because even, like, tra- like for spring ball, we didn't have a spring ball. We were back home. I was training in my garage. I went and bought a bunch of like uh, weight, like weightlifting criminal off of Craigslist, just so I could work out, stay in shape. And then, so when you go back to campus in like June and July, you don't see anyone else outside of the football team. And so it's all summer. I'm I'm just living by myself in my apartment, not seeing any of my friends or family because I don't want to get sick and infect the team. And it's and then even come camp. We didn't even know if we were playing. And so we're out here at higher ground practicing and lifting. And in the back of your mind, you see the Big Ten shutting down. You see the Pac-12 shutting down. And it's like, well, are we even going to play? And then during camp, actually, we had a night and everyone was like, what are we going to do? It's like, if you want to stick around, stick around. But if not, then leave. And everyone on that day, we, we all committed. We said, this is it. If you show up tomorrow morning, we're on the boat and the boat's going full steam ahead. And if you don't be on, then get out. And so after that moment, mentally it was a little easier because it was, if you were there, you were locked in and you were ready to go. And we just kept that same mentality throughout the entire year of just, you got to be smart. And we go, I mean, the season of sacrifice, you're the teammate was our expression for it. But that's really what it was, is that I didn't see any of my friends. I'd actually miss a friend's of mine wedding because I didn't want to possibly get sick. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see my family. I rarely saw my girlfriend just because like, I, I couldn't risk it. And I know every other guy on the team was doing the same thing where there was no after a big win, there was no partying or going out having fun. You went home, went to bed, woke up, did it again with the same COVID protocols. 
And what it helped me do is help me see why I loved the game. Because even like last year, I was confusing my to my value behind it where, oh, everyone wants to go to a nip at night with 40, 50,000 people screaming. But why do I love football? I love it because fans are cheering for me or do I love it because I can push myself? And this year was the biggest eye-opening thing of like, well, I'm not doing it for the fans or I'm not doing it for the fame or this or that. It's, I'm doing it because I want to make myself better and be a part of this team. And I think every senior kind of really realized, and it really brought us closer actually, all how sucky it was when we couldn't do anything fun or really celebrate it. It was like all the COVID protocols and tests over and over. And we just kind of went, well, if we want to win, we have to do it. And that is when we became a very mature team because of that. And I think it actually, I mean, as, as much as it sucked, it made us stronger. And that's like any story, though. I mean, going to the Peach Bowl and going 9-1, and one, being my senior year, it means a lot more to me because of what we went through to get there. And that's something that I'll always value the rest of my life. That's a fantastic answer. Absolutely. Did so, you uh, did you ever consider uh, coming back to play next year? With the, I did. Uh, the extra I really option? did. I mean, uh, the extra year, and I actually have a, a few of my friends on the team who did it. For me personally, though, I just felt like it was time, and I yeah. it's just kind of like that gut feeling that I did my what I could for UC. And as much as I love my one victory lap, two victory laps might have been pushing it for me a little bit from college, but. Uh, no, I just felt like it was time for me to get out of there. Um, I mean, there's good. I mean, there's plenty of good talent there and good character. I'm good guys and all that. But I needed to do something new, and I needed to take this chance of playing at the next level. And I, I've never had a regret about it. I mean, obviously, I missed the team aspect. That's the biggest thing I would say is that you kind of take that for. I mean, you definitely take for granted being a part of like a football team is. A month, I mean, like five, six weeks ago, I was part of the Bearcats, and now it's just me. And obviously, I still have friends and all that kind of stuff, but the team means so much more to you than you kind of realize until once you're gone. And so, like, any, let's say, like, Bearcats watching right now, like players or whatnot, don't take that for granted because the moment it's gone, it's it's gone, and I will never be able to really call myself a UC like football player again. Like actually playing on the team, so never take that for granted. But I think that's also what makes us such a good team, though, is that it's not just saying, "Oh yeah, we're teammates, we're friends." Like you, it's a different kind of bond. Well, and I think we saw some of that bond actually. Like this was kind of a takeaway that I had from Coach Fickle's uh, his Hey, I'm I'm busy. Can I call you back? As he's calling, you know, all these yeah. guys. No, I love that video. It was fantastic. I, I don't feel like four and a half minutes was actually enough, personally. But, you know, I mean, you saw him reaching out to guys that, you know, like Cortez Broughton, who he only had for a year. Um, you, you know, you've seen him, you know, with some of these guys, like just every single guy answering the phone. They're like, what's up? Like you could see, like it's not just, you know, just a, a coach player bond. Like it was like genuine love, like every time a guy's answering the phone. So it was just really cool to kind of see that. And I, I think that we kind of got to see, you know, some of Coach Fickle's softer side as, you know, he's yeah. really dealing with these guys in that video. Yeah, that's what I, I guess side thing here about Fickle is Fickle is hands down one of the nicest people that I've met in my life. Like, like besides being a, like a phenomenal football coach and leader and all that, that man cares about you as a person before you step on the field. And – 
it like I'm not trying to talk crap about BC, but comparing like Steve Azio to Luke Fickle, having both sides of the spectrum there. I mean, Fickle is an absolute high quality. Just it's everything about like he does it well. He has intensity to what he does, but there's a purpose with it. There's that mix of tough love and understanding and guidance. And I'm not just saying this is a recruiting pitch is that I have so much respect for that man because of how he helped me grow individually. And then even too, when I had some mental health issues pop up, I sat down in his office and there were some times in my past with coaches that see it as a weakness or be like, well, you need to focus on football. All fickle do is how can we help? How can we help you through this time? What do you need? What we what can we do for you? And let, let, let's get, and if you don't want to play football after this is all done, then, okay like this we want you to get better and it's like how could he not like this guy <laughs> and then at the same time though he goes out and we go to the peach bowl and i mean we had like two 11 win seasons there and it's like he, he does it all right and it's just so admirable the kind of guy that you want to grow up and be or like mentors to be around fickles that kind of guy and so every recruit coming in like that's the pitch it should be is you gotta be you have your son to be around one of the best men possibly in the country and have them grow and learn from that kind of role model and not a lot of schools can offer that with along with the academics and with the success we have as a team so out of delaware ohio you did choose boston college for anyone listening that didn't know ethan was uh, with Boston College prior to transferring to Cincinnati. So was Coach Fickle part of the recruitment process when he was at Ohio State and Ohio State was recruiting you around that same time frame as well uh, before he came to Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah. Fickle was at OSU. Freeman was at Purdue. I'm trying to think. And then Washington obviously was at Boston College. And so I was actually recruited by Al Washington to go to B.C., Washington then goes to UC to be the D-line coach. Fickle comes from OSU to UC, and then Freeman comes from Purdue to also be the DC at UC. <laughs> and so when I was trying to find a school to transfer to, it was like, well, I wanted to be closer to home. I wanted to have like that fresh start. Of this, And then it was like, well, there happens to be this school two hours down the road that has three coaches that I've already known and worked with. And so it worked out beyond well for those reasons. So then – as you get to Cincinnati, how much did you really enjoy working with Coach Freeman, and how much is the program going to miss him now that he's gone to Notre Dame? No, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, I've I actually knew Mike Tressel when he was at Michigan State. I was recruited by him there, and Mike Tressel was an absolute phenomenal guy, and he was one of those. I actually wish I could have played for him, but no, Freeman Freeman's going to be missed for sure. And I think I didn't. I didn't understand what made Freeman such a good coach until this last year. But it's just because we don't run like a super overcomplicated defense. What we do is we we have one-on-ones, and we believe we have the better players and we have the better scheme or whatnot. We're just going to beat you straight up. It's not going to be anything fancy. It's not going to be any, like, traps or whatnot. It's, our corners are going to be better than your receivers on one-on-one coverage. Our D-linemen are going to beat your O-linemen one-on-one. And... With Freeman, it just came down to you know your job and you do it fast. And it's the same thing with like Fickle's mindset. It is you don't have to have this crazy scheme drawn up if someone knows what they're doing, so they can just react and play fast. And on both sides of the ball, but especially for Freeman, it's just know what you're doing. <laughs> that's the that's the biggest part with him is just if you're going to be out there, we have a standard that you uphold, 
we don't care if you're third team. If you're a third team linebacker and you're out there on the field, you are expected to uphold the values of the UC defense with Black Hat brand. And if you can't do it, then get off the field. And it's not like a bad – sorry, we don't like dislike you as a person. It's just we have that culture and that standard set, and we expect everyone to meet it. Absolutely. Now, I've been talking with Brady Collins on my other podcast uh, every other week. That dude is crazy, right? He's absolutely he, – Oh, he's nuts. Okay. I wanted to make sure it wasn't just like <laughs> – it wasn't just a shtick that he did for, you know, just when he's on with us on, on the podcast. He's, he's actually crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Brady Collins, I mean, he's by – I would I would say like the the secret background of the program because everything we do, like we go through him, like all the spring training, all the conditioning, all the weightlifting. Like he is that invisible force that governs how the team does. And – um, uh, but he's – Again, he's an absolute phenomenal guy. And, like, I, I can't, again, like with Fickle, I can't praise Brady Collins enough because what he's taught me, again, about the mixing of, like, minds. Because there, I remember, like, a very vivid memory, like, about two or three years ago, is that there was a guy late for lifting. And me being younger at the time, I was like, well, let's kind of, like, punish this kid for doing it. And then Brady pulled me aside and he's like, well, we, we might punch him a little bit. He's like, we need to make sure this kid enjoying what he's doing. And it was that makes it like that. We don't want to just beat kids up here. And it was almost like, let's like, he, he understands he messed up and like, we'll do stuff as a D unit to like, to acknowledge this, but we're still here to have fun and enjoy each other. And we'll all grow from this experience. And so it's, it's little things like that where it's like, it's not just like you come in here, everyone's pissed off all the time. It's he, he wanted me in that situation to learn a lesson. Like, like you, you got to be kind. And people are going to make mistakes in that, but you can't just attack them for it. <laughs> and so, but no, Brady Collins, and that's where like he's, he's, he's a nutcase in a good way where he's just, he's always trying to find a way to make us better. He's going to do all this stuff just to make the program better, the culture better. But he's, he, he has different ways of doing it, half of which might be insane, but it works. And that's who Brady Collins is. And I think that right there in a nutshell is the difference between a lot of staffs in 2021 versus when we all went to college back in like the mid 2000, early to mid 2000s. Like, I don't think you would have heard anybody praising that out of coaches right there. Like, I yeah, to, I went to college in 2013. But yeah, no, it, and that's what I think what makes UC different is that, I mean, you could walk into a program and it's, it could be a tough nose, hard, you know, like hard ass thing where it's like, Oh yeah, you get yelled at for all this stuff, but you don't know why you're getting yelled at kids. Like it's, they, they don't, they're not able to separate from the on the field from the off the field. But you see, it's like, you know what you're getting yelled at for in a sense because the coaches do a great job teaching it. Like the strength coaches, they'll, they care about you as people before being an athlete. And there's that direct correlation of like, if I have a good life off the field, then I'll be better on the field. And that's what every coach there does is that they want you to be doing well academically, socially, with your family, religion, relationship, all this kind of stuff. And then at the end of the day, if you're a good football player, then great. But if not, we still want you to grow and learn. And that is what UC has that 90% of schools out there know. 
I'm just saying I know that they were looking for uh, an, another addition to the recruitment program here recently. I know they've already filled it. But if anybody out there is listening that is trying to fill a recruitment spot, Keith and Tucky, man, oh, man. <laughs> I'm ready to go yeah, so I'm not being paid to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting paid, but I, I just have such admiration because, I mean, sure. one, when I was being uh, – when I was looking to transfer, they didn't have to take me in. And then I came in as a walk-on, and I earned the scholarship spot. But it was just like any, any success I had there, I mean, it was out of the grace of fickle from letting me play there. And so every, and then two, like if I was ever upset with the program, it was because I wasn't doing like playing well enough or doing what I needed to off the field. And I was like deflecting in it. It seems like, Oh, it's the coach's fault for not letting me play. But then it was like that maturing process of going like, well, I need to get better. And it was like those hard life lessons like that, that I came across a lot, but no, I absolutely love the, uh, love the culture, love the program. So you found yourself a couple different times in a fantastic position to block kicks. And that was a thing that we kind of got to know. Like that, that was basically how you you became a name for a lot of the common. Oh yeah. I mean, that's all I have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, for some of us who dig a little bit deeper, I, I I, I knew, but it's fine. (laughs) But, uh, so how did, how did, how was it like, what kind of rush were you getting when you're getting a hand on a ball, blocking a kick? Again, we go back to the Georgia game. I think half of us kind of expected you to get a hand in there on that last kick anyway. If it was going to be anybody, it was going to be Ethan Tucky. But, um, you know, what was it like, you know, getting your hand out there, being the guy? And, I mean, you kind of got close to setting the record anyway. So, Yeah, I mean uh... – it, but it, what, what kind of started it was is I wasn't playing as much on the defensive side of the ball as I kind of wanted to. I mean, being younger, I was still kind of naive about why I wasn't playing. But I had the mindset of when I did get in for reps, no matter what kind of rep it was, punt, block, punt, that I was going to do everything I could to make a name for myself. And so like the two-lane game, when I had blocked my first punt, literally I was just like, okay, I'm going to do something here. And I'm going to beat this guy one-on-one and do what Coach Mason told me to do. And it worked. So like for anyone to block kicks, it wasn't like some crazy scheme or twist. It was Mason would set up a way to have me one-on-one against the shield. And I would have to beat that guy and go a little bit harder than him for one play. And that is everyone's like, oh, how do you block these kicks? You give me a one-on-one and I do it better than the other guy. And that's all it comes down to. Me, I have the little luck of shooting my hand at the right time and like making sure it nips me or whatnot. But it's just taking those opportunities that I had, especially when I wasn't playing a ton of defense and making them count. Because I was like, I want to play at the next level. I want to make a name for myself. And I can't do that right now getting sacks or making tackles. So let's block some punts. And <laughs> it's it's not the typical thing people can do. But then again, why not? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, anything you can do to, you know, fill up the stat sheet, um, especially, you know, playing behind guys like, you know, Perry, behind guys like Terrell White. I mean, there was just a lot of good linebackers that came out of that room that you were in. And, you know, you kind of flirted between the linebacker room and the defensive end room, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, you got – and the defensive ends. I mean, you got – especially this year, you had MyJ, you had Elijah, um, Brooks. You know, there's a lot of guys there. To try and yeah, when, when we switched to the 3-4, it definitely was a little more difficult for me to get in at the end spot just because, I mean, I'm a big guy, 
I'm not a three, four DN build. I mean, I'm smart enough to know that one. So, <laughs> and especially at that point, if I wasn't playing outside backer, like where can I add value to this team? Yeah. So, so I guess who are we most excited about with you leaving? You have some insider information. Who are we most excited about coming into this 2021 season? Um, just from what you've seen, the entire D line. <laughs> the the entire D line is about to like if you want to if you want to see guys eat and go to work yes it's not one it's the entire unit um they're about to absolutely destroy when they play and I have no doubt in my head about that or to me you got Maje Brooks Brown um uh, you got Van you got Bari you got um uh, Watley coming in as a good young guy you got Basevich. Like you talk about experience mixed with skill and size and speed, and it's just like, yeah, the D line as a whole is going to not only be the best in the AAC, but they're probably going to be one of the best in the nation. You heard it here. That's uh, that's high praise <laughs> for that like defensive it. line. So on the other side of the ball, who are you excited to see come back? Hmm, I'm a, I love Pierce. Alec Pierce is a hell of a wide receiver, and the same with uh, Jerome Ford and Desmond Ritter. You talk about playmakers, and I mean, like Josh Wiley, like Lenny Taylor. It's a good thing for me having to think about who's the best because everyone's so good. And um, uh, yes, I don't know if I can pick one guy because the O line's gonna come back and they're gonna be have a great unit. The quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, the rooms are packed. Like they have plenty of talent, but definitely seeing Dez finish off his like his last year there playing well. Ford and Pierce are some great playmakers, so I'd, I'd love to see them have nothing but success. So for the guys who are leaving, um, have you kept in contact with and seen how they're going through this whole process? Like Hudson, Dokes, um, Jarrell White, uh, you know, I mean, and the the safeties, you know. So how's that been as far as what they're going through? I'm sure it's probably similar, but have you been working out with them? Uh, I've been staying in contact. When I went to the CGS thing in Dallas. I actually saw Forrest and Ponder and Bruno there, actually. And then when I was in Hawaii, me and Rella were out there together. So it's been nice. I'm like just staying in contact. I mean, we're all doing our own thing, but it's very similar, just training for pro day and just getting better at what we do. But it's every now and again, we'll kind of check in and say, hey, I mean, we always want the best for each other. So it's, it's never like uh, we want to outperform these guys. Like everyone knows what they're capable of doing, and I'm just happy other Bearcat success. Speaking of Hawaii, how was that experience? That was unreal. Uh, I still don't know how they set that up with COVID going on and everything. But so whoever is the president or the, who runs that, I, I tip my hat to you because, I mean, one, I mean, it's a free week in Hawaii, so that's always lovely. <laughs> right. But, I mean, having uh, like Rex Ryan and then Mike Singletary for the coaches, a plethora of talent there, like the hotel we stayed at, the, like the facilities, like what we could do. I mean, like what, <laughs> what can I dislike about this? So, I mean, it was it's like, honestly a surreal week in terms of being able to play against that kind of talent and being in that location. Like what else can you, what else can you ask for? Well, as a fan, we, we were asking for better ways to watch the game, better ways to find the stats <laughs> because it was terribly difficult to find anything regarding the hula bowl. <laughs> yeah, no, so they, they definitely need to, um, uh, say tweak a few things in terms of their media, maybe, but make, It'd be an absolutely huge game, but uh, oh, then too, I don't know if you realize, like, when I, I possibly forgot my helmet for the game, um, uh, and so I had to use the local high school's helmet for the actual game itself, but uh, 
this was like Jarrell White, who was there, was letting me borrow his helmet between practices. And so, I mean, we're trading off. I mean, yeah, you, you sanitize the crap out of it and you spray it down. But so, if, yeah, it did feel kind of funny being in the game playing with a like a white high school helmet with like random <laughs> logos of schools. I had like Air Force stickers on, like South Georgia stickers. But uh, so that was different, and so I was kind of upset I couldn't wear the seed paw again. But it just adds character to the story. There you go. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Did not see that coming. So, as far as uh, any of the. Uh, have you actually been hearing from any NFL teams or what's your agent saying as far as what you have to expect going into the draft um, and, and what you're working on right now to be better at, to better prepare yourself for what's to come here in that suit? Um, there, I mean, there's been a talk with a few teams that uh, say, um, uh, it's beside, I don't know, like the difference between them is coming up to you and it's going to get a sense of who you are as a person. It's a very like standard questioning thing they have, or it's like, Oh, like, what, like what's your favorite play? Or like, what do you enjoy about this? Or what kind of person are you? Who do you like role model? And so it's very kind of the vanilla questions. All the teams ask you. So it's kind of hard to tell if you're truly interested or not, or they're just trying to get like a judge for it. But besides that, I mean, it's just, if I have no interest or every team in the league is interested, I still have to do the work every day. And that's kind of the mindset I have where, I really don't care what my agent's telling me about who wants to like, see me play because I have to look in the mirror at the end of the day and I have to know I'm doing my best. And so it's just kind of been off my mind here recently as I'm here to train. I have about five or six weeks before pro day coming up here and I am just going to do my best as if, because right now I have the mindset that no one wants me and that no, not a single team, I'm not even on their mind. And so when I go to train, it's, I'm, I'm going there to have one person notice me at pro day. And if it's more than that, then great. And then uh, uh, but even if it doesn't work out, I am doing my absolute best to make a name for myself for pro day or just have one person notice me. So that's, that's my goal. Have you been working at all with James Smith with the long snapping? I have not. No, he's actually been uh, he's been out of Cincy for a while. For, I think he was training in Florida, but uh, actually starting up here, I'm a, I'm actually tomorrow getting a hold of Coach Mason to work with him because I've been doing stuff out of a D three school in my hometown when mm-hmm. I've been getting the coaching for it. But now that I don't have to travel anywhere and I have like a routine set up, I can actually talk to the snappers here at UC and get some working with them. So what you're basically saying is you don't want to be a stealer. I get it. Totally okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that. Whoever pays the bills, I will be their biggest fan. That's what I. That's what I'll say. If you had a, if you had a dream team to pick, who would it be? If I had a dream team to pick, now I'm not going to say names, but uh, they might rhyme with the clowns. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the organization, but the quarterback might be from Oklahoma. So I'm, I'm not saying one in particular, but I would <laughs> if, if I could end up there, then that would be lovely. I'd because, I mean, for- I grew up uh, being a big fan of theirs. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. I'd they they happen to be a color too. as yeah. well. But, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it was, yes. So, I mean, if that works out, then great. But uh, at the same time, though, Whoever wants me, whoever lets me even get my foot in the door, that's right. I will love them to the day I die. Well, I mean, we've seen guys like Brad St. Louis for the Bengals make entire careers. I think he was with the Bengals, gosh, like for a decade. Something like that, yeah. Some, something outrageous. So, you know, and that's just as a long snapper. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, too, like the longevity of my career being a long snapper, if I just that, that's a lot more years than the typical uh, like wear and tear of the body. So if that if I actually end up having to go that route, I would not care because that's like 10 to 12 years making very good money. So if I got to snap a ball, I got to snap a ball. But I mean, if I can also play some ball, play some defense, special teams, all that stuff, then great. Whatever, whatever's getting me food on the table at night, I'll do it. So now, if the, if the Rock actually gets the XFL going again, uh, would you consider the XFL? Yeah, I mean, whatever gives me a chance to play. Uh, that's where I know with like the CFL and the XFL and all that, like other options out there. I mean, obviously, I would love to play in the NFL. Yeah, but I mean, if the if the opportunity presented itself somewhere else, why not? Like I said, I mean, no, it's a, it's a road I'll cross when I get there, but I have no issue with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, out of curiosity, if football, you know. You know, whenever football is over, in whatever time frame that looks like, what is next for Ethan Tucky after that? Is it going to be coaching? Is it going to be something completely different where you have like a family business that you get into, or what's? Um, getting my license to be a psychologist is next on the table. Nice. I want to finish. I want to eventually get my doctorate to become a psychiatrist, but that is a little bit down the road from now. But uh, career-wise, that's what I want to get into. That's for sure. But um. Uh, and I, I guess uh, whenever the time comes of being a being a dad, I'm really excited about that. I mean, it's probably be years from now, but I can't wait to actually start a family and just kind of implement what I've learned from coaches and my own dad and pass it on to my kids. So after football is done, I'm very excited about that stuff. I mean, I've been I don't know what it is, but I just love the thought about it, the thought of it. So it'll be good though. I'll be I'll be set. <laughs> I have to ask a question. Um, I'm a big fan of Pat McAfee. So, what was that like meeting him uh, at Camp Higher Ground? Oh, he's a he's a phenomenal guy. He's a funny dude. Just in general, like I don't know what it is, like the moxie with him or what you call it. But he, he's a character, though. I'm gonna say I actually I love his uh, his show too. But uh, he's he, I, I was jealous of the specialist because he hang out he hung out with them the entire time. They got a lot more like one one time with them. But he, he's an absolute phenomenal guy, and I, I love that dude. He's so interesting. He's good at what he does. But, I, yeah, I definitely wish I could have had more time talking with him at that higher ground. Do you have any crazy stories? I mean, you were at Cincinnati for several years now. And, you know, is there any crazy stories, either pre-COVID, during COVID, whatever the case may be, that simply stands out as, like, one of your favorite memories while you're at Cincinnati? Um, see, most of the crazy memories just involve – uh, some kind of workout that Brady would do that was just like insane. And that's it. There's two of them. One of them was, it was at the end of spring and the, he had like, it was like a, you call a scavenger hunt. I don't know how much a scavenger hunt it was, but it was around campus. It would be like 20 stations and each station was a different kind of workout. And so but we all had to wear costumes when we were doing it. So some guys were running around just like underwear, or like they were, we were like, a, like an '80s basketball team. So I had like knee-high socks on, and like like a jersey. And but like there are people on campus though, like just still people going to class and doing stuff. And then like, meanwhile, I'm dressed as like a like a '70s player, like a headband on and like an afro. And I'm but then but then it's like oh like this station's running two miles, or this station's doing like planks for ten minutes, or like this one is doing like 250 deadlifts as a group. So, it was a lot. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, I still remember it's probably the hardest workout I've ever done. Um, meanwhile, everyone's running around campus half naked. And then the other, other one is we went to higher ground for like a weekend retreat. And 
they had everyone staying in like one of the smaller bunk houses and it was well we were only there for like a day and a half but we woke up at like five or six a.m in the morning and it was probably 20 degrees outside i mean it was cold and it was like okay well like let's go run to like the cell phone tower near nearby and you have to like hold on his rope as a team but it was like again it was like it was not fun or easy i don't know i don't think they ever practiced it beforehand it was like you would know, be a good idea like let's have him run to like the top of this hill nearby meanwhile everyone's just dying because it's like it's like two and a half mile run away up like a steep incline after doing like a bunch of team like a bunch of team drills already so i mean i mean it's great for bonding it's a great story to tell but i remember when i was doing it like when we finished i was like why, why am i doing this <laughs> it sucks it really sucks but uh but i mean again we got closer from it i mean mentally tougher probably but <laughs> going through that was not very fun now you are from ohio i always have to ask this question so you've probably had it before but gold star or skyline Ah, see, this is when I lose a lot of fans here, is I like my mom's Cincinnati Chili more than either. Hey, that's fair. And I'm all for good Coney, but I don't know what it is about Skyline's actual sauce for the chili, but it's never quite been for me. I'm just going to put it out there. May, I, might, I may not be the best, uh, biggest advocate of Skyline or Gold, Gold Star, but if I had to pick, I would do Skyline, of course. That's fair. I mean, lots of people like you know, Camp Washington or Blue Ash or something like that anyway, over the, the two big power hitters in Gold Star and Skyline. So no hate for loving mom's cooking better than all of the above. Ain't that the truth. All right. Jeff, you got anything else, Ed? No. No, I think I got my, I got my good one in. Well, <laughs> then I want to close out here with uh, just, you know, again, you have an insider's perspective, one that we don't necessarily have as we're all on the outside just kind of looking in. So – What's your expectation for, um, you know, just the Bearcats going into next season? And, you know, you kind of alluded to the defensive line being just monsters, but we got some pretty big hitters coming up in, you know, the Notre Dame game, the Indiana game, and, of course, you know, once we get back to conference. So what are you looking forward to watching and seeing uh, out of this entire season next year with the, with the Cincinnati Bearcats football team? I think it's going to be a statement year. I think there's been enough times where even when we won the military bowl, the Birmingham bowl, and then last year going to the New Year's six bowl, everyone always kind of seemed to be surprised about it. Like, Oh, the Bearcats are still having success. They're still doing well. Like, Oh, the Bearcats are in a New Year's six bowl. I think this is a year where it's going like, Oh, like they're a good team. And as I was saying before, like it's, I don't think it's going to be a surprise when we start winning like all these games here or we, when we beat Notre Dame, when we beat Indiana, we go to a New Year's six game again. Like, why not? I mean, that's who we are as a team. That's who we are as a program now. It's no longer like, oh, like, that's, we're happy to be here. We're here to win it. And we're, we're here to win conference championships. We're here to win big games. And that's who we are now. And so if you're a Bearcats fan, then congratulations. You're going to be a part of something big here. But uh, it's no longer going to be the, ooh, like, let's see how they do. It's Teams are going to see us on the schedule and go, like, oh, I don't know if we want to do that this year. But it's going to be a statement year. We're going to go on. We're going to. They're going to go out. They're going to win big games, and they're going to do it well. And that's what you see is from here on out. Aaron, you're on mute. Yeah, I was making sure I wasn't the only one there. I was <laughs> I, like, oh. I totally was on mute. Um, so it sounds like you're pretty excited about the DC hire too. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. So he's going to do a great job with it. I mean, from the, what I knew about him when I was being recruited by him, he was a great guy. High high quality guy too. High class guy. So I think he's going to fit in really well here in terms of filling that pre-mineral trestle is going to do an absolute phenomenal job fantastic 
Well, we wish you the best of luck in the upcoming, you know, pro day at Cincinnati and the upcoming NFL draft. It's exciting that we have so many Bearcats that are trying to hear their name called. And the fact that we have, you know, so many guys that have the opportunity to do so, it's not just a pipe dream at this point. So it's, it's been really exciting to see you part of this entire rebuild under, uh, under big coach Fick. So uh, it's, you know, best of luck to you going forward. And, we can't thank you enough for your time tonight. Absolutely. Thank no, you. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. It's always nice sitting down and talking to you guys about it. So everyone uh, hear me chat again, let me know. But till then, I really appreciate the opportunity and just hope the best for all of y'all. Well, and this is where I pull my shameless Stu Gotts move. And if you have any friends that are preparing for the NFL draft that want to hop on with us, feel free to <laughs> send them our way. because we. We'd... Yeah, no, I'll definitely, I'll definitely send it out there. I mean, yeah. We'd love to have him on. But, ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Tucky, you can follow him on Twitter at Ethan underscore Tucky, just the way it sounds. And, uh, again, thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. Have a great night, guys. All right, you too. All right. You too.